Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts, we've got news from Oregon, and that that state may be actually more Marxist and wacko than California. Parts of it are, are done, I think, really done. Uh, we need to break up Oregon and send the insane people somewhere and keep the sane people in Oregon. It's gotten so bad that uh, Bigfoot's boycotting Oregon because of all the leftism, my friends. We've got a case of self-defense against a home intruder by an elderly woman who saved her husband. Uh, we've got a guy from Indiana who might want to reconsider using 911 for non-emergency situations. We have a, a woke English opera. They've done something to white musicians because the musicians made the mistake of being, well, white bastards. And we've got a case of another failure in Chicago of releasing violent felons. And then they keep getting arrested with illegal firearms. And Chicago keeps blaming the NRA in Indiana and you because you own a gun legally or something. Oh, good Lord, people. It's getting bad. And we've got a South Carolina teacher criticizing some non-white students for being overly sensitive. And now they're seeking his removal from his employment. Ah, the liberal tolerance, my friends. It's Wednesday, hump day. And you know what? It's also time to kick this pig. Let's have some fun, kids, mocking the left. Welcome to episode number 136 of the Delegator Daily Thought. Before I get started flapping my gums, my friends, let me point out that uh, the blog you ought to read today, after the Daily Gator, of course, is Animal Magnetism. Every Wednesday, Animal, that's what he calls himself, he has a tremendous amount of links every Wednesday. And it, is, it salutes idiots, it, funny stories, interesting stories, science, political stuff. Really is a cornucopia of really fine material. Laced with uh, 
least with some humor and sarcasm and some of his wisdom. And uh, he's one of the most respected bloggers I know. He's one of he's in my top five. I'll put it that way. Uh, the other four, me, 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 and me. Not just kidding. Uh, he's he's a great writer and a great thinker and uh, always very entertaining. His Hump Day post. So go read it, you knuckleheads. Now let's start off with some good news. There's so many negative stories about leftism and what, how they're just eradicating this country. Well, let's have some good news from Bearing Arms. The Cleveland suburb of North Olmsted, that's in Ohio. And there a 69-year-old woman defended herself and her husband after an intruder broke into their home and began assaulting her husband, who was 72, on Sunday evening. According to authorities, the, sus the suspect who was shot and killed uh, wasn't known to the couple, and it's unclear why 21-year-old Kiara Tompkins targeted the home and the residents inside. Who knows? Robbery? Craziness? Who knows? Cam Edwards writing this story at Bearing Arms, by the way. The thought of this being a random attack sent chills down the spine of neighbor Tatiana Wargo. She said, I had goosebumps all over my body. The terrifying ordeal happened just feet from Wargo's home, prompting her to take new precautions. She said she has a ring doorbell at her front door, but says it wasn't active when the intruder struck her neighbor's home. Uh, Wargo also told 19 News on Monday she planned to reactivate her subscription with uh, Ring right away. I was going to do it last night, but we didn't do it because we were decorating, and I'm doing it today, she said. And as Edwards points out, that's great. I have no problem with Ring doorbells. I think they're a great idea, uh, even though I don't have one. Uh, but a ring doorbell is not going to save your life, Edwards writes. If an intruder gains entry to your home, that's absolutely true. You may need more than a ring camera on your front door. You may need the help of Smith & Wesson or Mr. Ruger or someone like that. Who knows? This case is a little odd, uh, Edwards concludes, because of the fact it was a young woman who broke in. It wasn't a young man. A young woman targeted this couple, the home, and assaulted one of the occupants. Police say that they haven't determined why Tompkins was in the neighborhood. So apparently she didn't live around there. Or what led her to target these, these this elderly couple. But they do say they don't expect to file any charges against the 69-year-old who protected her husband. Because self-defense is the most essential human right. Thank you, Lord, above for it. And thank you for prosecutors and police who, who do the right thing and respect the, the absolutely sacred right of self-preservation and self-defense and defense of your family. So they don't know who this girl is, don't know where she came from. That's what Detective Sergeant Dan Barrett said. Said he's checking with neighbors. No one knows her. And uh, this marks one of the, her first cases, excuse me, in Northeast Ohio after the legislature's new Stand Your Ground law went into effect this past April. The law expands where Castle Doctrine applies. Castle Doctrine is if you're in your own home, 
and someone invades your home, yeah, you can you can fill in the rest. In the past, the defense had to prove self-defense. Now it's up to the state to prove it was not self-defense. And when someone is breaking in your home and threatening the law, beating the hell, whatever she was doing to the husband, there's no specifics given. Um, then, yeah, I think that that would fall under every damn right in the world. And Barrett said this is more of a castle law, being in your own house and force, someone forcing their way in. Uh, they protected themselves, and they believed they were being threatened, and they took action. Absolutely correct. Thank you for that, Detective Sergeant. And Edwards notes one thing. The incident is just one of several break-ins and home invasions around the country that were thwarted by, I'm going to say two words that are going to terrify Moms Demand Action and the Bradish Center to Prevent Handgun Violence, or whatever it's called this week, and all the other gun nuts, and, and that skinny little bastard from the high school in, in Florida who acts like a Nazi, you know what I'm talking about? Skinny boy with really tiny skinny arms who really hates your right to self-defense. I'm not even going to say his name. You know who he is. I'm not going to give him any more publicity. But it's really going to agitate him. Two words. Just two words. Armed citizens. Oh, it gives them the hives. It probably gives them hives on top of their hemorrhoids. That's how much it bothers them. But I don't care because they're a bunch of, basically, totalitarian zealots who want to tell me when and how I can defend my life and the, li the life of other people living here, uh, the lives of guests in the home, the lives of anyone anywhere. It wants to tell me when and how I can defend my life. They can go straight to hell, quite frankly, if they think that's going to happen. Now, now nah, I'm going to save this guy to last. I don't want to do him. How about some, uh, some white musicians... And you have to know where the story is going because I said white musicians, white musicians possibly suffering from whiteness. And whiteness is bad. Uh, PJ Media, Kevin Downey Jr. I bet his father was named Kevin Downey Sr. What do you want to bet? See how sharp I am? I am way too sharp to ever be a, a journalist for CNN or host one of their shows. You imagine? I mean, they've got Dummy Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo, who doesn't know how stupid he really is, and the rest of the knuckleheads on that one. And then you'd have me, who's smarter than all of them put together. I would actually get good ratings at CNN. I guarantee you I would beat everyone's ratings at CNN. Of course, I would peeve off a lot of the people who watch CNN now and think that Don Lemon's woke or something. But I guarantee it. As a challenge, CNN, hire me. Give me a few months to get the TV thing all down, what I have to do, all the all the bells and whistles. I guarantee you, within three months of having a show debut, I would beat Don Lemon's numbers and Chris Cuomo's combined. And if after those six, nine months from training and getting ready and doing it, you don't want to pay me after that, you want to tell me there's a door, get out, I'm good with it, baby. Oh, come on, CNN. Let's go. Open challenge, man. You got nothing to fear but me, who's basically a nobody, right? I'm just a guy with a podcast and a blog, okay? 
just a guy with a podcast and a blog. Well, here's the story from Pajamas Media. 14 musicians with the English Touring Opera, some of whom have been performing with the company for 20 years, have been fired. 86th excommunicated, shown the door, shit can, don't let the door hit you when nature split you. You don't work here anymore. Why has this been done to these people, some who have been with this uh, touring opera 20 years? Uh, they've been fired because of the color of their skin. If that's not straight up racism, I don't know what is. Let's look at this, my friends. Claiming they are following diversity guidance. Diversity guidance, that's what they call it now, boy. That's why you're fired. White man, get out. White man, bad, get out. White man, no play music here, no more, get out. Uh, for the diversity guidance comes from the, the Arts Council of England. ETO has informed the white musicians they will not be offered contracts, thank you very much, for the 2022 season. Though the positions are technically freelance jobs, many of the musicians considered the work a permanent gig. Hell, if I'd been doing something, working for somebody for 20 freaking years, I'd pretty much think I was kind of, you know, of course, I've been through that in my life once, haven't I? But Paul Embry, Embry tweets that half the orchestra sacked because they had the wrong skin color. This is plain, unvarnished racism. Shame on at E.T. Opera. So E.T. Opera. They have their own Twitter page. And they make sure too many white people don't look at it, I guarantee you. The Daily Mail reports that Arts Council England funds the ETO with 1.78 million British pounds per year. I'm, I'm not sure what 1.78 million British pounds, uh, what that uh, would uh, would be in, in dollars. But I think it's roughly the equivalent of Michael Moore's weight. Anyway, the Arts Council uh, claims it did not suggest ETO can fire the white musicians, all of whom are 40 to 66 years old. We did not instruct the English Touring Opera to, uh, to send the letter. That's uh, what Arts Council England said. We are now in conversation with ETO to ensure no funding criteria has been breached. Now it's tea time. Piss off. Uh, this decision comes as part of a one-two punch to the musicians who were unable to perform throughout the pandemic, for obvious reasons, and relied on grants and loans. They hope to pay back the loans from money made in the 2022 season. Now, nearly half the company has been fired. So you're going to fire half your company, or nearly half, coming off a pandemic. You're, you're absolutely, basically, financially kicking these people in the you-know-whats. Actually, you're having a mule kick them in the you-know-whats. And how are you going to replace them? And all this right after a pandemic. I tell you, this anti-racism stuff seems pretty damn racist and, well, just mean. Just downright mean to me. 
ETO tours towns and cities throughout the UK and reaches up to 50,000 audience members per season. ETO praising musicians at Fired. <laughs> oh, they were so good. They were some of the best musicians in the world, but damn it, they're white in their asses. Had to go. Okay. Okay, white boy, white girl, get out. Out now. Out, 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 out. We're woke and you're broke. Uh, they thank them for their commitment. Thanks for your commitment. Now, please spread your legs so we can kick you in the nuts a little harder. And start and stated it would consider them for future projects. I bet those uh, musicians you fired would probably uh, probably have some choice words for you if we were to offer them a future project. From the vacancies page on the ETO website, listen to this. Listen to the hypocrisy, my friends. ETO is a diverse and vibrant company with people to match. The company is able to offer a wide range of administrative positions, as well as opportunities for career progression and development. The same page also says, we promote and operate an equal opportunity policy, don't you see? Ensuring that all applicants and employees receive fair treatment until we try and decide to fire their white asses. Below is a copy of the letter sent to the now unemployed white musicians. And again, they're unemployed because they are Caucasian. They have that whole, it's that whole, we, we like you and you're really giving we don't like keep you, but it's that whole like Caucasity thing, okay? You're like one of those Caucasian white, Caucasian people. And like, I, I don't, I, it's, it's, we can't do it, okay? I'm sorry. I know you're broke and there's a pandemic and you're basically screwed now, but, uh, and you're really great musicians, but, but, you're white, and we, we just can't keep you. Dear blah, 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 I am writing to advise you that English Touring Opera is going through some significant changes over the next few seasons. Some of these changes will directly affect the composition of the freelance orchestra engaged to tour. It does seem likely that ETO will not be in a position to offer you a freelance engagement in the spring of 2022, even if we would like to leave the door open for freelance engagements in the future. The orchestra has always changed season to season, just as the company on stage and in the wings has changed regularly. But for a few reasons, there will be quite a bit of change now. As you know, the company has appointed a new music director, Jerry Cornelius. Jerry will be involved in advising on freelance orchestral engagements as you would expect, he has been tasked with working with Phil Turbot on shaping the modern orchestra, and there have been recent auditions to inform that work. English Touring Opera is committed to increasing all kinds of diversity in its teams, and while there have been appreciable, steady advances on stage in this area, we have prioritized increased diversity in the orchestra. This is in line with the firm guidance of the... Arts Council, principal founder, ETO's uh, touring work, and most of the trust funds that support ETO. And I thank you very much. I appreciate you. Blah, blah, blah. Signed, James Conway. Go screw yourself, Whitey, basically. What a jackass. This is... Do I have to point out how wrong this is? This should be causing complete and utter outrage among everybody. But who should really be outraged? 
if you listen to the rhetoric, liberals should be foaming at the mouth over this. Leftists too. They've always said they don't like racism. They don't like race-based this, race-based that, right? Well, now you know the rest of the story. For all these years they've told us they believed in diversity. They never believed in diversity. They believed in destroying Western culture, America, of course. And they believed in what they would refer to as restorative justice. It's kind of like payback for a lot of these people, I think. Oh, yeah, well, a lot of white people get get deals in the past and black people got screwed or these people got screwed or those people got screwed. So now we're going to screw you, Whitey. Again, read the Bible. Two wrongs don't make a right, my friends. Truly, truly despicable. Really is. Now, let's move on to this story from Chicago. The gun-hating left will swear they need more gun laws. That is from Zendo Deb of 357 Magnum blog. And she links a story from CWBChicago.com, which does a lot of work on uh, reporting on violent crime in Chicago and the, the, the utter revolving door of violent, violent criminals with multiple charges of violent acts, including murder against them, that just keep getting out of, out of jail. Two weeks later, they're arrested for another violent offense or having a legal gun or doing this or doing that. It, and they just keep doing it. And the mayor of Chicago and the, the government of Chicago, all they can do is say, well, Indiana has lax gun laws. And people go to Indiana and buy guns and see what happens. Well, if you kept people charged with first-degree murder in jail, they wouldn't be out doing anything. That's A. B, if the guns from Indiana are so, so bad they've, they've caused this, then why isn't Indiana a total wreck? Oh, that's right. It's not. Hmm. The state of Indiana is very conservative, very red. Chicago and Illinois, not so much. Indiana has, quote, lax gun laws and far less crime than Chicago has. Maybe it ain't the guns, geniuses. Maybe it's something different. Listen to this story, though. Man is charged with having his second illegal gun since June. Do the math. That's the last three months, my friends. Uh, while on bail for murder both times. Let that just sink into your skull. Let that permeate your cranium. If you want to scream, go ahead. I would understand. Here's a story again from CWBChicago.com. Remember Vincent Davidson? We told you about him in June after prosecutors accused him of having a gun in his car while he was on bond for first-degree murder. The worst kind of murder. It's not just murder. No, 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 this is first-degree murder. And he's out on bond. Incredibly, Davidson got out of jail again after this arrest, and prosecutors on Sunday charged him with having another illegal gun in his car this weekend. And that's Indiana's gun law's fault? Oh, no, 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 no. That's gross stupidity is to blame. He is accused, not convicted, of murder committed on October 1st of 2017. 
At first he was held without bail. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? But released on 300,000 bond after posting $30,000 in 2020. Uh, that may have had something to do with COVID-19. That's what the Zendo Deb suggests. Uh, then after the June incident, he was ordered held without bail, but was released shortly after that. Okay, you were on bail for first degree murder. You got out. You were caught with a legal gun. Now we're going to take your bail. You're, you're just stuck, buddy. Okay, we'll go ahead and let you out. I mean, you're not going to do it again. Surely, surely you've learned your lessons by now. And on Saturday, he was arrested again. I know that's your shocked face, right? For an open container of alcohol in his car. And what was reported as a, listen closely, fully automatic machine pistol in the trunk of the car. I don't think Indiana sells those to most people because those are illegal for everybody. Period. Federal law that's been on the books for decades and decades, getting close to 100 years now, I believe, to have fully automatic weapons, unless you have a really, really hard to attain type of license. And those people never commit crimes with their guns because they're serious uh, gun collectors for the most part. And Zendo Deb, of course, has to be sarcastic and say any bets on whether or not they let him out again. I wouldn't take the bet, I gotta say, folks. Keeping violent criminals in jail would be unfair. And again, it is four years now since his initial charge of first-degree murder, and he's still not been adjudicated for that. Look, I understand there's a lot of court cases, and frankly, do whatever you have to do to get the murderer's trials going. If they're, if they're acquitted, let them out. If they're convicted, uh, lock them away forever. Uh, very, very sad. And this continues to happen, and the left continues to blame the NRA and you and me and everyone else who has a firearm. And now let's go to Indiana. Ah, uh, you see, from Chicago to Indiana, which causes somehow... Chicago's violent crime rate, even though Indiana doesn't have that violent crime rate. See how gun laws, weak gun laws, affect other states, but not the states are actually laws in? Yeah, that's the convoluted logic of the left, my friend. Here's a headline for the New York Post. Indiana man repeatedly calls 911 to report he's tired and complain about his damn relatives. I don't know his relatives. I probably don't want to know his relatives, and I don't really want to know about him. But seriously, you're going to call 911? What's your emergency? Dude, I'm so freaking tired. My aunt is like a total bitch. Oh, my God. I have this cousin. He uses my washing machine, has a key to my home. Now she just comes in whatever the hell she wants and keeps her laundry everywhere. I really need police officers out there to shoot my family or something because I am just... Tired of the stress, really. Uh, his name is Daniel Schroeder. Uh, no relations to Schroeder on peanuts, from what I understand. He called emergency services four times to vent about his exhaustion. 
An Indiana man was arrested after he repeatedly called 911 to tell dispatcher he was tired, 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 don't you see? Daniel Schroeder, 61, called the emergency line four times on Thursday. <laughs> Good God, Thursday was not his day. His exhausting news, according to Newsweek, the mail caller kept calling in stating that he was tired. A police report detailing the man's arrest reportedly said, it's not the first time the Evansville man misused the 911 system, according to the report. On September 11th, how odd, he would misuse 911 on 911. He called emergency officials to complain that a family relative was not following his rules. They know the rules. The outlet said, God knows what the rules were. He was originally sentenced to six months behind bars, but the judge said he would suspend the the penalty if Schroeder, listen closely, judge is clear with you, look, you don't have to go to jail. Just stop calling 911. Stop bothering 911 dispatchers. They have an important job, very important. Lives depend on this stuff. Just don't do it again. But he couldn't help it. The suspect broke that agreement the very next day and now will reportedly serve 60 days in the can. And what do you want to bet? He'll get out. And the first thing he does when he, when he gets out, the 60 days are up, he'll go home. He'll get on the phone. He'll die. 911. Hey, I want to call. I want, I want to the police out here. Paramedic somebody. What's, your, what's, what's the emergency, sir? What's the nature of your emergency? Well... I spent 60 days in jail. I couldn't call 911 to bitch at y'all about my relatives and my damn being tired. Now I got 60 days worth of bitching to do. You better get out of here so I can tell an officer or somebody that I'm tired again and I'm oppressed. Good God, dude. Stop calling 911. Just don't do it. How hard is this? Apparently... Pretty hard, my friends. And now it is the highlight story of the day of this episode. And yes, again, we're going to go into the world of the weird, wide, wonderful, not wonderful, weird, wide, wacky world of wokeness. Let us proceed to South Carolina. A lovely state it is. Fox News reports from there that a South Carolina teacher is in mucho deep trouble because they criticize the, quote, hurt feelings of non-white students. And, well, they're trying to shit-can this teacher immediately. Of course, Emma Colton wrote this yesterday. Dozens of theater students at Coastal Carolina University are protesting uh, attending class and are calling for a professor's removal from the school over racially insensitive commentary. Uh, Non-white students' names were written on a board and categorized by their specific race. I thought we're big into identities, but apparently not. Theater student Khalees Harriet said of the incident at the university explaining the lack of context concerned other students when they saw the names on the board, according to WPDE. It made us feel isolated, 
the apartment, Harriet added. How did it feel? You didn't know what it was about, and you didn't bother to wait for an explanation. Let me guess, you just overreacted and emoted like hell. Because that's what you've been conditioned to do. Uh, the situation unfolded after the names appeared on a classroom board following a professor who said she was working with two black students and discussing their frustrations. Again, context no longer matters. Facts no longer matter. What actually happened doesn't matter. Getting to the bottom of things, getting explanations, understand. None of those things matter. You see and react. See, emote, react. See, emote, react. That's what they've been trained to do, my friends. Outrage is what you're aiming for. Find something to get outraged over because you're not cool unless you're pissed off and acting like a complete ass and making everyone's life around you completely miserable. Uh, I was working with two black students after class was over. I was listening to their frustration and isolation, said artist in resident, Dr. Suzanne Finkway. Uh, one of the students jumped up and started writing names on the board. The stupid thing I did was we left that room and did not erase that board. Okay, well, I remember going to school and walking by different classrooms and colleges go by different classrooms and you see, you see blackboards and there's stuff written on them. I never stopped to go, hmm, should that offend me? Should I call somebody? Tell them how outraged I am, how triggered I am. Oh, my God, I don't know if I can go on. No, none of that. Never occurred to me. Never occurred to me. Other students then came into the classroom and thought their peers were being singled out. In other words, because they, they've been conditioned to hate America and say everything they experience in life is racist, everything they don't understand is racist, everything they, that's new to them is racist somehow. So, of course, how do they react? They reacted just like the robots they've been trained to be. An email chain was informed about the incident. See, first thing you do is get offended. Then you get together and you get you get emails, texts, whatever it takes to get some outrage started. Because now you've really accomplished something. You've taken a situation you don't understand and you haven't learned about it. You haven't looked into it. No, you've just created outrage over it. And the more outrage, the better. That will bring us all into agreement and equality and Love and understanding. And if you believe that, you're a woke college student. Students took issue with another professor, Dr. Robert Ernest on, of the theater department, and how he responded to the situation. Uh, Ernest said, oh, my God, he didn't say that. You're not going to believe what this, this guy said. This You're not going to believe. You're going to be outraged, I think, when you hear what this SOB said. Again, that's Dr. Robert Ernest of the theater department at Coastal Carolina University. He said, I don't think it's a big deal. In the emails, which were examined by ABC 15, I'm just sad people get their feelings hurt so easily. And they're going to go into theater? Hold on a second. That man deserves applause, a raise, and something. A bowl of his favorite cereal, something. Because what he just did was describe the situation perfectly and describe the real sadness here. The sadness 
is that people have been conditioned to emote and react immediately in the most negative fashion they can and to blame racism somehow or some other type of discrimination. It's like you're not really cool unless you're a victim of some imagined offense. I, I mean, what we're doing, we're creating a whole generation of Karens. I need to think with their manager, please. Now. Students protested attending uh, classes on Monday in response to the incident and are calling for him to be fired. Ugh. So uh, some students got their little feelings hurt over something they had no idea, don't understand it, no reason to get offended over it. And because and a professor actually said uh, that he said people got their feelings hurt over it, nothing, which they did. And then question why they're going to theater if they're going to deal with, I mean, actors, actresses, they have to deal, take uh, some of the roles they play are not nice people. There's a lot of emotion in acting. And it would be tough if you're hypersensitive to, to be an actor or an actress, wouldn't it? If you're really, really, really sensitive. I mean, everyone has sensitivities. There are certain TV shows I can't watch. I could, but I don't like to because it makes me have uh, thoughts of bad experiences in my past. But I don't burden everyone else with it. It's not like if I was over at a friend's house and an episode of this show came on, I wouldn't start screaming at them for you know, triggering me and calling them names and kicking their dog. Although the dog probably deserved it. Little mean little dog. Those chihuahuas are vicious. They're vicious little bastards. But why would I do I don't. Again, sometimes you got to suck it up in life. You just got to suck it up. I mean, every negative experience is these people act like it's going to end them. And it doesn't even have to be a negative experience. It's just when they make it negative in their own little minds. It's like they're only happy when they're offended. What I diagnosed years ago, over 20 years ago, they have offenditis. They were probably born offended. The student said, we are calling for his suspension and a case to be brought against him for removal from the institution, Harriet said. Well, Harriet, uh, it seems like you might belong in an institution, but I don't think your professor really deserves this. Uh, he simply said he was sad that people got their feelings hurt so easily. So, Mr. Harriet, uh, shut up. Uh, both Ernest and Finquay have apologized for what? Uh, and Ernest added he had no idea it would blow up like this. Haven't you been studying what's going on in college campuses, sir? The woke are, the woke are offended, aggrieved, pissed off. They're just angry little, little knuckleheads. And again, why would they apologize for nothing? I mean, if, if you overheard something I said and it hurt your feelings because you didn't hear the whole thing and you went ballistic against me and tried to get me fired and all, the, all these other things, why do I owe you an apology? I might want to have the chance to say you misunderstood. This is what this is what was happening or this is what happened. And now you can I would tell you now 
take your offended little self and your false accusations and go screw yourself. Okay. But I would set the record straight. Uh, I just sent a letter of apology to the DEI committee. My comments were not directed at BIPOC students. That's, uh, is it by people of color? Uh, who knows? With all the lettering and the alphabet soup and initials for this, initials for, oh, good Lord. Uh, but I think it's uh, people of color. I'm not sure about the by. I'd have to look it up, and I don't feel like doing it right now. So there. Evidently, there was an issue of a list of students, he explained, that was posted that caused some confusion. It only caused confusion because of overreactionitis by idiots who don't need to be rewarded. They need to be set down by an official in the school and say, look, if you're going to continue to disrupt the school like this, you're going to have to go attend classes somewhere else. Look before you leap. Use your head, use your brain, use some judgment, use some discretion, and don't jump to conclusions. Find out what the hell you're talking about before you create a firestorm. And again, I will kick your ass off this campus if this continues. Imagine if a professor, or not a professor, the, the dean uh, said that. And imagine it got enforced. A lot of this stuff would stop don't stop for god's sake stop coddling these miscreants how hard is this stop coddling the miscreants i mean these people they're akin to someone who who goes out in the rain rolls down their windows and complains they're getting soaking wet while they're driving to work roll your window up idiot the most obvious solution they, they can't accept for some reason uh, he then, uh, this is uh, Ernest, Professor Ernest, <laughs> uh, then made an insensitive comment asking them to move on from it. I had no idea it would blow up like this. Why do you owe someone a, an apology and why would you call your comment insensitive? It made perfect sense. People shouldn't get this upset over something so so small, really. That's all he said. Of course, the school released a statement. I don't know if it was a strongly worded statement or not, but leadership of the university and of the Edwards Colleges of Humanities and Fine Arts are aware of the complaints that some of our theater students have communicated. We are working to establish the most appropriate path for resolving their concerns. A school spokesperson told Fox News that uh, there were no updates on the matter as of Tuesday, which was yesterday. And I, I got to be honest, I don't know if I can sleep because they haven't resolved anything yet. I mean, no updates even. I, I really can't sleep the rest of the week probably until I find out how the the uh, the Wokers uh, or have been so hurt by this. They may not be able to continue with their lives. They may actually have to be institutionalized to deal with the horrible experience of seeing names on a blackboard. Oh my God, it's names on a blackboard! Randy Chalk! How can I go on? Grow the, grow the hell up, people. And for God's sake, stop coddling these little miscreant bastards. 
Now, you have a wonderful day. This is Doug Hagen for the Daily Gator Blog, reminding you to remember three golden rules of life. Yes, three of them. If you're left, as these college eggheads remind us, you can never be right. God bless America. And yes, go Gators. Tennessee Volunteers coming to the swamp this week. You know, Tennessee, I got to say, I think your asses and our feet or boots are going to be a perfect match. That's my prediction for the game. My friends, thank you for listening. Morning, noon, night, whenever you do, I do appreciate it. If you want to support the dailygator.com, the blog that started it all, and this podcast on Spotify, Anchor by Spotify to be specific. If you want to support that, again, the podcast defending liberals as fast as I can and leftists too, driving college students to absolute meltdown mode. If you want to support those financially, go to thedailygator.com. Go to the first post. There's a little button that says, you know, on the bottom of that post, that links to my PayPal page. I think you know what to do, you dirty little monkeys. And if you want to support the podcast, again, anchor.fm forward slash Doug Hagen will get you to my uh, page. has all the podcasts, all 136 of them now. You can peruse those, pass them around, share them with your friends. Uh, you You can sign up to be a subscriber and contributor on a monthly basis, and you just fill in your information how much per month and enjoy all the benefits and glory of listening to me flap my gums. Thank you very much. Uh, but anyway, do I do thank you all for listening. I will also accept donations in uh, manila envelopes, securely, securely closed on the back porch or front porch under the welcome mats. Thank you very much for listening, my friends. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, do all those things you're supposed to do. Be good to your kids. Don't eat too much junk food. Leave that to me. <laughs> it leaves more for me. I do appreciate you. God bless you. I will talk to you manana. I actually kept it a little shorter today. I think I deserve something for that. And by the way, today is my birthday. So happy birthday to me. Uh, I'm now 56 freaking years old. You believe that? I can't. Until I get up in the morning and my knees hurt and my back hurts and this hurts and that hurts. And yeah. Yep. The youth Whatever I wasted it on, I hope it was fun for me. And for the most part, it was. God bless y'all. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kids. Now go do something fun like uh, go trigger some college students or something. Write names on a blackboard. I hear they really hate that. <laughs>